Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Agile Ideas. I'm Fatima, CEO at Agile Management Office, Mental Health Ambassador, and your host. This podcast is sponsored by Agile Management Office, providing high-impact delivery execution in an agile era for scaling businesses. In today's episode, I am talking to you about my reflections for 2021, some of the lessons learned, some of the achievements, some of the ups, some of the downs, and some of the insights that I've endured along that journey of 2021, which for no doubt for all of us was quite a challenging year at best. So I hope to share a little bit more about some of the achievements we've made through my own business, but also myself and some of the learnings through those um, opportunities. Some have been positive and others not so positive. All in all, it has been an absolute roller coaster of emotions, as I'm sure you would agree. And so I'm hoping to share some of that insight with you today. So in, in that regard, let's get started. Thinking back on 2021, um, and I was logging off on Christmas Eve and decided to take some time off. And I was thinking back about the year that's been. Now, there's no doubt that 2021 and 2021 20 were both extremely challenging um, for others more so um, and for some it was quite um, rewarding in other ways you know some businesses were more successful and others unfortunately faltered and for us and for me it was sort of a in-between we started off in a really challenging environment and then ended up being a lot more um, positively um increasing uh, sort of our climbers increasing towards the end of 2021 and I think that's because there was a lot of informative um, insights and conversations that were happening around what it is that businesses themselves needed in this time and in this crisis and some of those things uh, involved supporting them around project management and transformation as well. So there's definitely a lot of um, opportunities, uh, I would like to say, um, that wasn't without its struggles. We definitely had a lot of failed starts with the number of different clients who either pulled the plug at the last minute due to COVID and budgets and other things like that, but also um, other situations where we had some clients uh, taking, I guess, advantage of our good nature and, and you know, leveraging some of our insights and, and, and time and energy only to not move forward. On the other hand, there were a lot of positive opportunities and positive emotions with regards to some of the clients that we've had the chance to work with. Some new clients across new industries. Some of those industries include automotive, um, healthcare. Now, that was interesting, healthcare in the midst the middle of the COVID pandemic was quite a interesting and insightful experience to say the least. Uh, saying that the teams that we were working with were busy is an understatement um, to say the least. But I think the, the single greatest achievement for 2021 was the ability to keep our, our small but very valuable team afloat during the COVID pandemic. And being really transparent, that was not without the um, support provided in terms of um, opportunities for businesses from our from our state and federal government as well. That definitely helped us um, earlier on in the year. 
and also the opportunities that clients have provided us um, or afforded us to work with them. So overall, um, just want to sort of start off by saying thank you to all of our clients and colleagues and families and everybody who stayed on us, stayed with me and the team on this crazy ride. So thinking about some of the things that we aim to achieve. Now, one of the things I do talk a lot about is planning um, and a lot of the thinking and planning that we aim to, to do for the year forward as, as we are in the midst of doing that now for 2022 is actually starts a good two or three months before the year ends. So at the end of 2020, we were planning and reflecting and thinking about all of the things that I wanted our team to achieve, both professionally and then also for myself personally, thinking about what 2021 was going to look like. Now, I am pleased to say that we did meet many of our goals, but did we meet all of them? No. Does that mean we failed? Definitely not. Considering the environment and the circumstances in which we were working within, I think saying that we were able to meet some of the goals was actually extremely valuable. And one of those things that was um, incredibly, um, incredibly insightful, because for the goals that we didn't meet or achieve, we took the time to understand why. Why was our strategy that we were thinking um, too too big? Did something change in the market that we weren't expecting? Did we make some incorrect assumptions, etc.? So we definitely looked at a range of things for those that we didn't actually um, able to achieve. A couple of big things that did happen is leveraging our uh, thorough recruitment process. We were able to bring on board some additional staff members, which was really great. Um, They've added a lot of value to the team. Thinking about recruitment. So as a small business, it's often an afterthought for a lot of small business owners. I know for me, when starting business six years ago, that recruitment was generally a bit of an afterthought. It wasn't something that was proactively planned for. I am um, able to say that as a result of some of the insights and learnings of working in big corporate companies, I was able to leverage some of that insight and running recruitment processes within project management office environments to actually put in place a process for our small business. And that was one of the very early on processes that I um, sort of embedded into the business. So we have a very thorough recruitment process, detailed step-by-step from how we source candidates to how we interview, to how we put them in front of clients and so forth. And so having that process and framework around recruitment meant that we were able to pick up speed quite quickly to identify the right candidates to come in and support the scalability necessary for some of our newer clients this year. So having a really solid recruitment process, it doesn't have to be war and peace. It doesn't have to be extremely detailed. Um, You can start very light. You can actually use um, an existing customer relationship management tool or CRM um, to to track the, the tasks around onboarding. You can use an Excel spreadsheet. You could use a product like Airtable. We use Airtable a lot for our recruitment processes or any other applicant tracking systems that might be out there in the market as well. When you're a small business, I recommend to start really light and think about creating processes within Excel spreadsheets as a starting point or Google Sheets. 
something as simple as that will get you by. You don't need to go and automate all of your processes um, from the very get-go because you need to understand them and have awareness around them before starting to create um, automation and um, and automating using different tools, et cetera. So I would um, suggest that you just start with basic Excel, but make sure you've got a thorough recruitment process. As a small business owner, we typically do, or I like to say we're the chief everything officer um, when you're your own CEO, but doing a bit of everything um, is part of the job. But one of the things you want to do as quickly as possible, as quickly as feasible, and when you can financially afford to, is to uh, outsource to others the things that you are even not very good at or the things that you know others can do um, better at than you. For example, um, you know, accounting and financial management, obviously being across that, but having an accountant on board, that's not your strong point. Or if you're not an accountant background, human resources, so recruitment, hiring, um, people and culture management, those sorts of things. There are a range of different things that you're better off outsourcing. And so hiring people to do that is um, one of the things to consider early on. One of the other things in sort of goal setting at the end of 2020 for the year of 2021 that um, I spent a considerable amount of time doing was thinking about how we were going to launch our first not-for-profit. So unless you've been living under a rock or maybe this is your first time listening um, to this podcast, we um, spent a lot of 2020 planning um, and I've spent quite a lot of time over the years thinking about the the uh, not-for-profit that um, I'm so passionate about, which is Return of the Panda. Now, if you haven't had a chance to um, learn more about it, please go to www.returnofthepanda.org and learn more about why I started, um, started the not-for-profit. We are very early on. So we have released a first product. That product came to fruition in 2021. Um, everything from designing the product to sourcing it to having it created here locally in Australia, um, all aspects of that end-to-end product development leverage a lot of the project management skills that I'd learned through my corporate career over the last 18 years. Creating a product, um, my product, the coping cards, and setting up a not-for-profit has been extremely challenging but also very rewarding A lot of the time in project management, particularly when I work in sort of IT departments or um, other other industries, um, sorry, other areas um, and industries like, for example, financial services, where we might be improving improving a a system that a customer uses or introducing some online banking features or um, introducing something that's maybe not as, you know, tangible that you can really touch and and grab and hold. And that's what I really loved about the product process. Product management and project management are different things, but they definitely um, are related. And so leveraging all the project management skills that I've gained over the years to actually um, develop a product and set up this not-for-profit has been um, incredibly insightful some of the hurdles um, in that were everything from identifying the right suppliers, um, making sure that the 
suppliers would be able to service our needs. Now, obviously, as a small not-for-profit, that's something that was going to be quite easy because our quantities were quite low to begin with. Designing a product, the amount of times that I had the product um, drawn up, I started on paper and and then had it digitized and then created um, product using different platforms online to actually turn the idea into a physical product was something that I reiterated over and over and over again. One of the things I did really early on um, was to actually ask people about the product and actually ask them about whether or not they would use the product. And I had such a really warm and positive um, vibe from the people I was speaking to, not just family and friends, because we all know they um, tend to compliment everything and, and tell you everything is great, or at least in my family they do. And um, so I wanted to make sure that the product that I was about to spend a lot of money creating and, and developing was going to be something that people would want to buy. Now, the whole idea of the product is actually to fund the costs associated with setting up and establishing the formal not-for-profit status for return of the panda. And so that's something that I learned about and realized that the legal and accounting costs and the ongoing management of a not-for-profit status here in Australia is quite um, quite considerable. And so we're now fundraising for that through the sale of the coping card product, which is one of many products that I have um, planned to bring to market. And so it was really exciting to, to bring that product into the market this year. In addition to that, um, one of the other things that we'd planned to do and actually we were able to, to deliver on, although it wasn't without its challenges, was launching our first workshop, which was the project management for non-project managers workshop. And so the project management for non-project managers workshop was born out of the necessity to help those that are not working directly in project management or within the teams that are running projects for organizations and actually help them to understand the fundamentals so that they can better uh, work with project managers and the teams, but also as a stakeholder of projects to understand how to speak the language of project management, which is not something that is, um, you know, simple. It's something that unless you know how to speak the language of project management, like any other language, you have to understand some of the basics to be able to have a, a fundamental conversation. Um, you know, your, your basic greetings, um, understanding how to speak in the language of a project manager to enable to get your point across. Or when a project manager starts throwing acronyms at you, like EAC and ETC, or talking to you about baselines and milestones, or talking to you about um, you know, residual risk ratings and things like that to actually understand what, what it is they mean. A lot of the time, project management teams spend significant uh, efforts on reporting, project reporting, but unless you understand those reports and they, they, um, they can be read, um, they're going to be quite useless. And so you're not really going to know whether to stop a project from um, producing uh, or continuing in the project, you need to be able to understand that, particularly if you are in you know, finance or HR or maybe you're in the legal team or audit, the amount of times that I've worked with teams outside of you know, the core project management um, professionals, usually um, quite heavily in IT departments, but also in other departments as well. So having some understanding of project management fundamentals was the, the, the reason behind 
um, and the desire for the workshop. And I'm really glad to say that we did create a workshop. It is now actually also available um, for booking for corporate groups or for individuals as well. The workshop was a 4.8 out of 5 for our review for our first corporate client, which was exceptional. Um, So I was very proud of the team. Some of the challenges with identifying and creating a workshop was we decided to run it as a workshop series. And so we released the workshop in bite-sized chunks over a period of two months for a particular client to actually enable them to go at their own pace, but also to be able to... um, also be able to fit it in around everything else that they were working on amongst, you know, this whole um, crisis and also just the general being very busy, especially because the people that were attending, this wasn't part of their day job. Project management was a, um, a value add for them and for their roles. And so doing that meant that we were constantly um, needing to be a, a step ahead so that we have the content ready to go Um, in line with each lesson and then also taking the feedback from the lessons that have been completed and actually making sure that we were adopting that feedback where possible into future lessons. So doing it that way was something that was definitely, definitely challenging. And so I would recommend that if you're thinking of creating a workshop, don't do it the hard way and create all of the content first find a customer that's willing to believe in the idea or your concept um, and ask them to support the idea. And then once they've done that, finalize the course content and materials and have that customer in mind. The other thing that we had the um, ability to do was launch, um, sorry, not launch, rather release our 78th podcast episode. Um, there's one thing that I've been told I'm good at since I was very little is that is to talk. I can talk underwater about a few subjects and I really enjoy doing the podcast um, and I hope that it brings value to you. So we'll continue to do that into this year and it's definitely part of our plan to bring on some additional guests. So stay tuned for that one. In addition to that, we also um, we also continued our social enterprise work um, with Just One Tree, a UK-based company that actually plants trees in poverty-stricken countries around the world and almost planted 200 trees so far to date with them. And it's been incredible to see the growth of that, that uh, social enterprise there. It's been really great to see the work that they are doing globally. So it's really important for, for me to make sure that the work we do ties into um, that sort of the the vision and the values that we have and also making sure that we're giving back as much as that as much as we can this last 12 months was very different for me in terms of mentoring so one of the things that was very unique of 2021 than any other previous year was for the first time ever i actually decided to to um to seek and work with multiple mentors. So I've been working with a mentor consistently for the last seven or eight, nine years, um, ever since I started in the business world. But this time I decided that I wanted to improve some of the areas of weakness, which for me is about um, sales. Sales is something that although I can talk about a product or service passionately, it's something that I understand there's a lot more behavioral behavior and science around sales and, you know, actually working 
with customers in in the way that they like to work and helping them to understand what it is that you're able to provide them in terms of return on investment and value. So I was very fortunate to um, secure a, a Amex sponsored scholarship um, for the year. And they allocated me a mentor who was really great at helping support um, me on my knowledge and experience around sales and behavioral science um, techniques, et cetera. Um, and also on the operational side, she was also really great in providing um, some support there. And in addition to that, being a CEO is something that was brand new to me ever since I started the business. So one of the things I decided to do to to do rather was to seek out a mentor who had been in, been a CEO before and work with them as well plus my my original mentor so having three mentors is something that was was challenging because each of them are giving you homework so to speak um, and working with you in different ways but having the ability to actually um, focus with each of them in different areas of, of areas of where I know I have weaknesses was really important. And so my advice to you would be, if you know that you are weaker in certain areas, rather than trying to assume and do everything that you can um, yourself, seek out people that have been there and done that. If you're weaker in, you know, accounts and financial management, then maybe you need someone who can provide advice in that space. If you are not great in marketing, then partner up with someone that is great at marketing or ask them to advise you. Um, If you are weaker in sales, then get someone who knows how to do sales and get them to mentor you. Now, some of these, um, all of these mentoring opportunities that I seeked out were, were all paid mentoring. So I'm not asking or suggesting that there's going to be, you know, everyone's going to be out there and willing to do it for free. But there, will, there are some places that people would be willing to mentor others um, that it's not, but it's not their day job. So just bear that in mind as you look for your, um, your mentor. Um, in addition to that, one of the big things that sort of was a a really um, sort of big event for 2021 is I was very fortunate to partner with Yon Blue and Australia Post and actually be part of their mental health um, campaign for small businesses. And so we, um, working together, had the um, ability to put together um, a, 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 a short video series, series on mental health and, um, myself and some of my team and, and, and the work that we're doing in the mental health space. Um, they visited our workplace. And we talked about mental health and the journey so far. And so I got to spend a lot more time doing something I love. And that is talking about mental health awareness and why it doesn't matter if you are struggling from something, um, whether it's anxiety or depression or, or other mental health conditions that you're able to, to do whatever it is that you want to do in life and be passionate about that and still um, get get through life in the way that works for you, knowing that recovery and, you know, your, your great day might be very different to what a great day is for me. For some people, that's just getting out of bed in the morning and, you know, reading a book. Or for others, it might be leaving their front door and getting to their mailbox, which I know is a challenge for some people and it has been for people I know as well. So having the time and working with some two great organizations in the mental health space has been something that's been entirely um, rewarding for me as well. And so that was a really big part. One of the things I learned from that um, experience is that 
I'm a lot more nervous on camera than I may make it seem. Um, it was really interesting to see how it all comes together. And, and that whole, that whole um, video was, you know, hours and hours and hours of work and editing and directors. And I think at one point we were filming in, in, um, in one of the scenes and there was about seven people in the room and that was just for a really short video. So I can't imagine the size and scale when we're thinking about, you know, greater productions and larger scale productions of any other sort. So um, it was really, really great to be part of that partnership program and, and really getting to be involved in that. So, and, and so, you know, there we have it as sort of some of the key um, sort of areas that I um, invested time in as I said at the beginning, didn't meet all the goals, actually didn't achieve everything that I wanted to achieve. Um, Some of my greatest achievements other than keeping my team afloat during COVID um, was also my swimming came a long way. And um, I'm pleased to say that I've improved significantly um, in my swimming, which has been great because that's a lifelong skill that I wish I had known um, from when I was in a much younger age, but I'm learning now. So it just shows you, you're never too old to learn. So hopefully that may inspire you yourself to take up a new hobby, learn a new skill, try out a business venture, whatever it might be. You don't have to have all the answers. If you're anything like me and 99% of other entrepreneurs out there, you can do so whilst learning as you go. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't need to know everything about finance or accounting or HR or resource management or scheduling or planning. You don't need to know all that up front. It's just basically the journey to learn as you go. And as long as you're learning every day as you go, then you'll continue to grow. And so I took... um, I don't take anything that happened in the last 12 months for granted. I don't take being in a position where fortunately my 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 immediate family and I um, have been healthy through through this ordeal and have avoided, you know, some sort of near misses with COVID. Um, I don't take for granted the amazing team that I get to work with every day. And I don't take for granted um, your time and support in following our videos and reading our articles and, you know, staying abreast with all the things that is this crazy life. So I just wanted to um, wrap up by saying thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast, um, watch the video version of it. And um, it's been really, a really rewarding and um, interesting, challenging roller coaster of emotions of a year, um, more challenged than ever before. But also, I think it's given me and hopefully you some more um, skills and more techniques and lessons and learnings around how to cope. I think for many of us going through what has been probably, you know, a once in a lifetime pandemic is only going to add to the resilience that comes with fighting through or or getting through such a a challenging and and for for a lot of people traumatic time. And so if you um, are able to think of some of the things that make, um, make you happy and focus on them, and I hope that you've been able to have a restful and um, restful and rejuvenated recharge Um, time off, whether it's a few days or a week. I hope you've had the chance to do that. 
So on that note, thank you so much for listening. Um, And I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Agile Ideas podcast. I look forward to um, talking to you all again very soon.